12th of January 2020 and I've just left Arlo playing football 9 o'clock on a, on a Sunday morning like so many parents up and down the country I've just uh, just come away to head away to to Bournemouth and of course 12th of January a day that means a lot to us as Watford fans it's the third anniversary of, uh, of Graham Taylor's untimely sad passing um, and just as I got up this morning and the first thing you think about really as a Watford fan is uh, is GT and, and Arlo was already out of bed he'd bounded out of bed he'd got ready um, two hours early because he loves football that is Graham Taylor's legacy I don't I'm not saying that without Graham Taylor I wouldn't have got into football but what Graham did for me he enabled me to love football he enabled mum and dad to trust football with me he, he enabled mum and dad to trust Watford with me and over the years, Watford have repaid that. What football has, has repaid that? We've had incredible moments um, supporting Watford down the years. And that is a gift from Graham Taylor. And, and also that gift is the love of the game that I have been able to pass on to my son. Seeing the joy that football gives Arlo is, is one of the, the greatest things in life. Seeing him bound out of bed, get himself ready for football, see him cheer and sing along at, at Watford matches is so so special it's so so important to me that's GT's legacy from family to family passing on that love of football that love of Watford over the sort of 35 years I've been been watching football there's been a lot of nonsense a lot of unpleasantness a lot of rubbish a lot of reasons not to like football but more often than not Watford Football Club have a have a way uh, of steering to you, steering you towards the good stuff, reminding you of the good stuff, reminding you of why you support Watford, and that is down to GT. That is down to the foundations that he laid at, at, at our football club. We're incredibly, incredibly privileged, I think, to be to be Watford supporters. We're incredibly privileged to have had Graham Taylor as part of our life because he was a part of our life. His passing it hurt so many people because he felt part of our family because Watford is part of our our family so seeing Arlo bound off today to, to play football the sun's shining blue sky that's a great legacy that, that GT's passed on so thank you Graham thank you for everything we'll never forget you now on to Bournemouth massive game cheers Graham we're off to Bournemouth this is From the Rookery End <laughs> So far, so good. It's just uh, coming up to 11 o'clock. I'm just stopping at Fleet Services, an absolute classic of the genre of Fleet Services. I always enjoy it for some reason. So, yeah, just stopping, um, uh, just uh, have something to eat. Just heard word that Arlo, Arlo's match ended 2 all, so he's done well this morning. Well done, son. Uh, but, yeah, looking, the phone's already um, alive with text messages talking about the game. It's very much got a, a big game feel about it today. My brother's already been in touch texting and... A couple of people have been in touch asking if I'll go on the radio after the game and just looking at Twitter before the before I left. You could just it just has that sense of being an absolutely enormous game for Watford and there's no point hiding from that. That's what we've got ahead of us now. And like looking at the looking at the fixtures, there's not that many left at all. And yes, it's felt really, really good over the last couple of weeks. The performances have turned round dramatically. We've we've given ourselves uh, a really good chance of um uh, a, a fight in relegation but there really isn't much wiggle room at all so it's um yeah it's quite exciting it's got that real big big game feel about it and of course it is Bournemouth 
um, which is um, which is a tricky game. It's always it's got a bit of history. It's always got a bit of bit of niggle. Um, so what I'm going to do now is just like all good sons when they're uh, when they're on a road trip, they need to check in with their their parents. So I'm going to give um, Mum a call, um, who is a massive uh, Watford fan, um, and just see how uh, how she's doing ahead of the game. So let me just call uh, call Mum and let me know how we're how I'm getting on. Hello. Hi, Mum. It's Mike. Hi. You okay? Yes, I'm fine, thank you. I'm just on the way to Bournemouth. I've just stopped at the uh, stopped at the services, so I thought I'd give you a quick call. Why? What? What's going on? What did you say about Bournemouth? Well, I'm just heading. I'm just heading down to Bournemouth. Obviously, what for the plane? What for the plane, yes, Bournemouth? I know, I know. But you said I wanted. I want you to ask you about Bournemouth. I do what want to ask you, you about Bournemouth. That's what I'm going to do, <laughs> and that's what I'm going to do now. So, Mum, tell me. Tell me. <laughs> Tell, in what way? Tell me what you think about Bournemouth, about Bournemouth Football Club. <coughs> well, I'm not very keen on them for two reasons. Yeah. First, firstly, when they were promoted to the Premiership, they got all the publicity and we got very little. Yeah. So I was, I was upset about that. And the second thing is they fall down a lot. <laughs> they fall down a lot when... They're faking it. That's what I think. So, so and, they they dive, they get, dive and try and con the ref. They they do, and they get free kicks and they get penalties when they're not they're not um, should shouldn't be getting them. That's what I think. So is it fair to? Other, oh God, carry the on, other thing, The other thing is they're dropping like a stone in the Premiership and I think we might beat them I hope so I'm not sure Can you tell me how you're feeling Mum today is this would you say that Watford Bournemouth is one of the biggest games of the season for you Oh absolutely I've taken my blood pressure tablets this morning excuse me I've got to find I've taken my blood pressure tablets this morning so I should be okay I'm going to have my pinny on <coughs> So that should be fine. So the, be luck, the trick. The lucky, but, the lucky penny. If we, so I got you a um, a Watford uh, Watford penny for for Christmas. A Watford. Uh, what are they called? What's the word for them? A pinafore. Pinafore. You know, uh, yeah, for in the kitchen. And we haven't. I don't think we've lost since you've had that, have we? So you're going to have that on. But mum, what's will well, dad? Did. Do, will dad be able to watch the game with you? Or, or what no, does? No, he, he doesn't. He doesn't like it. He has to be in another room. Why is that? And I shout too much. <laughs> All right, mum. Well, listen. I'll uh, I'll let you know when I get there. Uh, but can I keep on? Okay. A, can I push you for a score prediction? Um, two one. Two one. Two one. All right, Mum. Try and enjoy Absolutely the game. Absolutely vital. Okay. Massive game. All right, Mum. Speak okay. to you later. Bye. 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 So there we go. There's Mum. Yeah, she's absolutely uh, uh, living and breathing it. She doesn't like Bournemouth for the, for the same reason. Um, a lot of us don't really. And Eddie Howe and Bournemouth are master of the dark arts. And just to emphasise that a little bit, I've woken up this morning and my left eye is almost completely shut. I don't know whether that's um, Eddie Howe and his, uh, and his sort of voodoo or his mumbo jumbo whatever he does whatever the hold he is he's got over um certainly the parking family aren't a big fan and it uh maybe it's uh something to do with bournemouth that my eyes gone a bit funny this morning who knows but yeah so far so good uh 11 o'clock just stopping for uh, for something to eat mum's obviously ready for the game arlo's drawn his match so that's uh that's a decent start to the day onwards down to the south coast come on you want it massive game okay it's now 20 past one I have been united with... And I can't work out if you're excited or nervous, uh, Colin, but you're, you're definitely up for this one, aren't you? Oh, I can't tell the difference whether I'm excited or nervous. But um, we're here, the sun's come out, there's a rainbow over the vitality. Not sure whether that's for them or us, but it, it gives us all a bit of hope. 
Um, I think this is um, a massive, obviously it's a massive game, um, partly because we're both in the bottom three. I think it's the biggest league game we've played since we played Brighton away in that promotion season. I'm not sure everyone would agree with that. Why? Big statement. Big yeah, statement. Well, it is a big statement. Why is this game bigger than, than the game against Villa, the game against Wolves recently? Well, the reason for that is simple, Mike. It's Bournemouth. <laughs> it's Bournemouth. <laughs> and this feels like a derby. I mean, it's kind of slightly uh, manufactured, the rivalry in some ways. Although, you know, I think the enmity between the two sets of fans and the players, because we've seen some pretty hurly-burly stuff over the last four seasons, uh, is real enough. And so, uh, with us both being in the bottom three, the winner of this game um, gives themselves a much better chance to get out of trouble. Whoever loses, you know, the pressure starts to build again. And it could be us, even though we've had a good run, if we lose this game and we're back in the back in the mire and we've got to go again so all that all that said and here's me being a bit timid a bit trepidatious <laughs> a bit sort of on the fancy would you take a point now sort of half an hour before kickoff bearing in mind everything you've just said games like this are always absolute chaos I mean the la- last year's game here the three all probably summed up the Watford Bournemouth thing didn't it quite yeah. perfectly back and forth back and forth with no one really coming out on top in the end so would you take would you take a point I, I would take a point but let me give you a stat, right? And this oh, is a stat that I, I, um, I, I discovered this, this week when I was looking back over the season. In our first four Premier League games this season, we conceded eight goals and scored two. In our last four Premier League games, we've scored eight goals and only conceded two. So if you look at it from that perspective, I feel like we can get the three points here. But I'd certainly take a point over no point. I mean, that just is obvious. But I, I'd really like to see this team play with the intensity the battling spirit, the belief that we've seen against Wolves. That Wolves performance was yeah, kind of extraordinary. And the one against Villa when we went down to 10 men, as we seem to do quite a lot at the moment, and still managed to score two goals against them. Slightly controversial goals, I suppose. But if we play like that, and they play a bit like the way they've been playing recently, I think we've got a really, really good chance. I'm not going to say we're going to do it because that would jinx it, but I, I would love to see us walk out of here with three points. And I, I do think there's perhaps a little bit more pressure on us because we have had that good good run of form. And it's, if we don't keep up the momentum, it's going to be very interesting to see how it goes. We haven't got any wiggle room, have we, after after the appalling start to the season? I was looking through the fixtures, as I said earlier. There's not many games left, are there? So these, there's just no getting away from it. It's a massive, massive game. And I don't know if we have to win it, but we probably do, I think. I think we have to be honest with ourselves. And there's a bit of self-preservation, that my question about taking a point. Can we escape with a point? Because mm. it would ordinarily be a decent, a decent result. But I think what we have to do is make sure we drag other teams who are struggling, make sure they're kept down with us. And I think the thing about Bournemouth is it feels like very much like that we were under Javi and, and Kiko. They're sort of scratching their heads, wondering where the next win's going to come from. And... Um, They'll have certainly put a big red ring around this one. A, for all the reasons you've mentioned, Colin, because it's Watford. They don't like us as much as we don't like them. No matter how we try and pretend otherwise, there is that, there is that rivalry. It happens. So I think, I think we have to go and win the game, uh, and there's no reason why not. But I think there is pressure on us. Bournemouth will be up to their old tricks, no doubt. And, and with that in mind, Colin, we've seen the team. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling um, pretty confident. It's a, it's a fairly settled 11. Mariapa's come into play at right-back, Messina at left-back. But apart from that... Uh, it's pretty much the team you would expect, Chalabar and Capu in the middle, Decore at the, at, the, at the front end of that diamond in midfield and then the three fellas up front. It's such a good opportunity for us today because yesterday and on Friday, West Ham lost, Burnley and Brighton lost, Norwich lost. 
So if we can get a win, we drag Burnley and Brighton back into the fight. They'll be looking over their shoulder going, Christ, Watford, who were like miles behind yeah. us, are now only two points behind us. We've got to get... We've got, you know, and that will put a little bit of fear and tension into their legs when they play next. And a couple of those sides have got very, very difficult runs. Yeah, we've got Tottenham coming up. But after that, we've got Brighton and Villa away. We've got Everton at home. These are games we, we think now that we might be able to get some points from. So today becomes even more important. I, I just hope that... The one thing that slightly worries me, and this sounds utterly <laughs> ridiculous. You were so confident a minute ago, Cole. You had a spring in your step and I've managed to talk you <laughs> no, into no, no. a... It's just that the, 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 these first-team players have had a 10-day break. So they played Wolves on the 1st, it's now the 12th, where it is. I just worry ever so slightly that, has that 10-day break come at the wrong moment? Like, could they have just done with a 5-day break and then go again? I, know I, d- I don't think so. I think, no, that, I think, right. I think the extra time with, with Nigel Pearson and, and Shakespeare there, I think the more time that this squad can get with that new coaching team, the better. They needed the break. You talked about the, the Wolves game, which was a Herculean effort to get that one over the line. So... Mentally and physically, there'll be a lot of, of aching, a lot of repair work to be done, and I think so. I think that that break will have, have done us good. Just quickly before we before we head in, Colt, three red cards in a row, and then we've got Mike Dean refereeing today. We all know <laughs> we all know the situation with Bournemouth and their their approach to the dark arts, shall we say? Is that something we need to worry about, or do we just need to go and play our normal game? I think we need to play our normal game. You know, actually, I don't really mind the sendings off because it shows the sort of commitment that we were lacking so badly under Kike to close down, to get the tackles in, to stop players from getting forward into our third of the pitch, to press further up the pitch. And occasionally, yeah, you pick up the odd yellow, you get a bit overexcited. The Mariapa one, the Cabaselli one, I think was very kind of a bit sketchy. But yeah, it's not great because obviously then they get suspended. But uh, I, I like to see that aggressiveness. I think that's part of our identity as a football club. But uh, today... They'll ha- he'll be warning them to, you know, to, to not get, get off, off their feet, not go to ground, because Bournemouth are the kings yeah. of, uh, of winning pens. And also, interestingly, Mike Dean is a Tranmere fan, so yes. I don't know how that's happened. Yeah. Four sendings <laughs> off incoming for Watford. So, yeah, it's the sun is shining. Uh, it's a two o'clock kickoff. Sometimes these early kickoffs feel a bit, a bit funny in terms of the atmosphere, but there's no question of, of that today. There's a definite crackle in the air. There's sort of more smiles on Watford fans' faces, I'd say, at this stage than, than Bournemouth fans' faces, but we'll, we'll wait and see. Hopefully that is the case um, in a couple of hours' time. About half an hour to kick off. Colin and I are going to head in and uh, hopefully roar these Hornets on to glory. Come on, you horns. A podcast made by Watford fans fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. All right, so it's half-time at a very uh, boisterous Dean Court Vitality Stadium, whatever you want to call it. Now, Cole, uh, Colin joins me at half-time here. I was sort of huffing and puffing a little bit during that first half and, and something caught my eye in the week from Nigel Pearson and it's the first sort of, um, not backwards step, but the sort of first meek thing he'd said and he didn't want to lose this game. And it's the first time he'd, he'd said something like that. And it seemed to me that Watford were almost set up a little bit like that. And the catalyst for that was Ismail Asar. I thought he looked, he's looked quiet down the right, not bombing on. You're shaking your head vehemently. And we've just seen a, uh, seen a replay of the goal going here in the, uh, in the concourse. But it felt to me Watford were a little bit, a little bit insipid in that first half. What do, yeah, what do yeah, you make? Yeah, they were a bit. I, I was surprised that Saar wasn't getting the ball down. He had one, one go at Ake sort of tipped it past him tried to run past him Ake grabbed hold of him uh, he's got the pace to beat Ake but I do think that they were set up to be a little bit more cautious don't concede don't concede first half I have to say Bournemouth were the same until they realised that's what we were doing and then they started to move 10 yards up the pitch and they put us under quite a bit of pressure there's been moments 
They look good from set pieces. So far, we've defended really well. A couple of, out, couple of really good performances first half. I think Chalabar looks really good in front of that back four. He's been hunting the ball. He's been calm. I just, he's been athletic. He just looks a bit like the player. He's got the bit between his teeth for this one, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. And I think Kabu's been, been keeping calm. He's been heading a lot of balls away from corners and free kicks. So he's up for it as well. Dini's been winning some balls, but it has been a very scrappy, very nervous game from both teams. Of course, neither team could bear to lose this game. And then, sort of out of nowhere, the ball kind of pings around in the... Uh, and it ends up with Takora, who seems to take about 10 minutes to get it out from under his feet. But when he does, bang. Well, yet again, it's Watford, Watford fashioning, forcing a goal, really, from, by putting the, the opposition under, under pressure in Bournemouth. And not only these teams who are, who are playing the ball out from the, from the goal kicks. I understand why you do it. You will keep possession. If you've got the ball, the other team hasn't. You can't score. But Watford have done a good job, I think, of, of putting them under pressure. And I think it's great written it I think it puts us in good stead for the rest of the game to show Bournemouth that we are going to harry and hassle and put you under and put yeah. them under pressure because there hasn't been much in the way of quality from no, either side no, there really hasn't been a lot of quality it's been some quite nice sight passing from us in midfield occasionally but I think we've done we balanced the pressing and the retreating quite well because Wilson is quick and a handful and so is Fraser and um, they put us under some pressure so we've, we've chosen our moments to go up and press when, they, when they, they're looking a little bit tensive and then when they've got the ball, sort of clearly got possession of the ball, we can retreat and make sure that we don't get, the ball doesn't get in behind us. Yeah, because that's, that's something that I think this Bournemouth team do do very well. They get those balls in behind, they look to work the angles and they do look, they do look a threat when they've got the ball. But Colin, so far so good. There's 45, 50 minutes to go. What do, what do Watford need to do to see this through? <laughs> they need to dig in. They need to fight for each other. They need to try and keep possession of the ball when we've got it, try and use it well, try and get a second goal, because I think that will kill Bournemouth off. Next goal's crucial, isn't it? Absolutely. Cole, let's go do it. So it's still, uh, still half-time here at uh, the Vitality. Not many people taking a breath. It's uh, pretty chaotic down here in the, uh, in the concourse. We need to enjoy these things while they last, of course. Joined by friends of the podcast, Jack and, uh, Jack and Dave. Now, Jack, I'm going to start with you. Pereira. Roberto Pereira has come out this week and there's been some quotes attributed to him that he perhaps wants to leave at the end of the season, um, coming on the back of his sort of indifferent performance against Tranmere. What are your thoughts on, uh, on those quotes that have been attributed, attributed to Roberto Pereira? I, I, think, I think, to be honest, he's just he, he's being honest. You know, he's, he's saying, look, you know, I'm, I'm potentially interested in moving at the end of the season. I think we can all see he's probably past his best. I think personally, you know, he's been one of my favourite players over the last few years. Um, but I think his time at Watford is coming to an end. And, you know, he's come out and said, I want to leave at the end of the season. I could imagine he's potentially not Pearson's type of player, uh, not one to really get his hands dirty. But, you know, fair enough. If, if he wants to go at the end of the season, he's been a great servant to us, scored some fantastic goals. I think we'll all look back and be really happy with his contribution to Watford. So he's talking about leaving at the end, at the end of the season. And I think I'm with you, mate. I think it's probably, he's done his, done his bit uh, and can probably move on. But we're in the middle of January. Can you see anything happening in January? Do you think we still need anything? Can you see any ins and outs? What would you like to happen? I think it's really difficult. I think the position we're in, uh, the players you bring in in January, you know, it's going to be difficult to get players because we're in a relegation battle. And the players you do bring in, they've got to be prepared to, you know, again, roll their sleeves up and, and really put in some grafts. I think it's going to be difficult for us to get uh, loan signings. I think you saw the Tramia game the other day. You know, we've got some good depth in the squad. You know, he's put you know Delhi Bashir on the bench today. We've got some good players, and I think if, I think probably what we'll do is just trust those players. I think we've got to trust our depth. 
Um, but yeah, I can't see too much happening. I w- I'd be surprised if we make any big signings. I'd be surprised if anyone goes. To be Love that. Hashtag trust our depth. Now, welcome back. It's a, it's a long overdue welcome back to the podcast, to the, the one and only Undertaker. Dave Levy, how are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. Did you enjoy that first half? That yeah, was wonderful. My voice hasn't lasted as well as Watford have played, but yeah, really fun. Like, I've not been to Bournemouth before. It's one of the grounds I wanted to come to. It's small, it's fun. They dive, they cheat. It's really fun. That's what it's all about now. So just following on from what Jack said, Jack, we're in the middle of the Jan- January transfer window, almost in the middle of the way through January. Not much happened, really. From your point of view, ins and outs, what do we need? Who can we move out? Well, actually, we were saying on the way down, if you look at the injury list, it kind of depends on when those players are coming back because there are several players who you could argue are kind of almost first choice who are still injured. So if Cleverly can come back fit, Prudel could add to the squad depth. There are other like there are players like that who we could really do with coming back. The old cliche about being as good as a new signing could be right. I don't think our squad lacks depth or we need new signings. I just think we need to get the players fit who we've been missing. But also got some really talented players like looking here today seeing Chalaba get a run in, in the team I think he's brilliant he's great he's worked so well the new system that Pearson's got playing with Decore playing as the 10 pressing high up the pitch seems to be working really well earlier in the season other managers played him as a deep lying player and it didn't suit him so I'm really excited I think it's going well look if Dini was to get injured again I think we lack a bit of leadership and a bit of presence but then I do worry that success and Gray may not be the answer to that so they may look to get someone in but as Jack said so well I don't see a whole list of players waiting to sign for a team who are 19th in the table um, so it's, it's tough I don't see a lot of movement in or out now but there will be a bit of turnover in the summer of course depending where we finish there we have it then two happy campers happy with what's happening here at Bournemouth and happy with the uh, with the Watford squad. It's about to kick off. We're going to get out there. Come on, you audits. We're the Orns. You're the Orns. Come on, you Orns. We are staying up. We are staying up. We are staying up. We are staying up. Uh, 65 minutes uh, gone here at Bournemouth and uh, yeah, Troy Deeney's very uh, rattled one in uh, to make it 2-0 to Watford it's uh, yeah, good exciting scenes here in the UAN as you might, uh, might expect uh, Watford lead uh, Watford lead 2-0 hard to say deserve it's been a real scrappy game but Watford have been breaking with, with purpose um, so yeah just exactly what we wanted we needed that second now need to be strong there's going to, we know what we're going to see from Bournemouth, I think. All the niggles will come in, they'll be going down, they'll be hitting the deck. Don't need to get into that. But for now, just enjoy this.
There you go then, it's finished. Bournemouth, nil, Watford, three. An absolutely rip-roaring afternoon down there on the South Coast. Well-deserved win for the Hornets who tore into uh, Bournemouth in that second half. Grew into it, absolutely didn't give Bournemouth any time on the ball, not to make their stride. Uh, and a team low on confidence was basically swept aside in the end by Watford. Absolutely magnificent. Well done, you Hornets. A podcast by Watford fans for Watford fans. This is from the Rookery End. Just bumped into a very smiley uh, young lady outside the, the Vitality Stadium. It's Kelly, friend of the uh, friend of the podcast. I know you've got to get off, Kel, so can you sum that up in a couple of sentences? Without swearing? You can go on, we can bleep you out, John. Be alert. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to swear. Um... That was brilliant. I thought the first half was nervy. I thought you could feel the nerves from both teams. Two poor teams, but in that second half, we really took it by the scruff of the neck. I was worried we hadn't taken a couple of the chances we had had, but second half, we were brilliant. Um, I thought the game was won in midfield, to be honest. I thought the midfield, but absolutely brilliant. I do think I used to work at Bournemouth, and I say this kind of with a bit of sadness, Bournemouth were really, really poor and were shot. And we won that 3-0, and it could have been more. Um, Bournemouth were poor, so we will be. there'll be tougher t- uh, tests ahead, but... We're outside the relegation zone. I can't quite believe it. It's incredible. They've done well. One standout performer then out of a pretty impressive, um, pretty impressive performance from Watford. I thought Etienne Capoue was brilliant again. I also thought Nathaniel Chalabar. How does he keep pulling these performances out when he's not in that team regularly? I thought he was brilliant and it was lovely to see him have his moment at the end because um, my friend Carl, who's standing alongside me at the moment, actually said when Bournemouth made the double change, this is a big test now for Chalabar because there's fresh legs in that midfield and you couldn't tell. You couldn't tell at all. I thought he was brilliant. Perfect. Kelly, we'll let you get off. Can you do the same at Villa, please? I can. I can get to Villa. This is great at the moment. I can get to all these games. Um, um, maybe I'm a lucky charm. Maybe not. But yeah, uh, Villa away. Spurs in between, of course. And Spurs, maybe. I'm starting to believe now. Love that. We'll see you soon. <laughs> well, if there were some smiling hornets milling around the Vitality Stadium before the game, those smiles have melted away into... Barely described, just barely disguised beams of delight. 3 0 Watford have won here, Colin, and uh, they've thoroughly deserved it, haven't they? It was a, it was a, it was a, <laughs> see, this is, this is it. Watford fans happy again. It was a, it was a cagey first half, not one for the purists. Watford got their goal after putting them under, under pressure. They nicked it through, through staying in the game and pressurising, and that gave them the platform, didn't it? It did, and, uh, I just want to talk a little bit about Nigel Pearson's tactics because this is the first English manager we've had and I don't really want to get into that whole thing about foreign coaches but because Pearson is English and has a lot of experience of English football he speaks the language of English football now when I was growing up what you heard a lot from coaches was you've got to win the midfield. You've got to win the battle in midfield. If you win that, as we did against United, as we did against Villa and Wolves, then you give yourself a chance to win the match because they start to get disheartened. They can't get on the ball. They can't get the ball forward into their creative players because they keep losing the ball in midfield. And we did that brilliantly. And yes, the first half was a bit kind of... Meh. Yeah, meh, a bit scrappy. But that's what was going on. It was a battle in the central part of midfield. And I thought Chalabar... Um, who we know has not played a lot, but
but he just looked like a totally different player today. I mean, he really grew and grew as the game went on. And Kapu, I think, is... is I've said this many times over the past couple of years, but I think he's still getting better. Yeah, I, I agree. And if the people around me were just um, waxing lyrical about Kapoor, I think Decore was there again. But let's talk about Talabar quickly, because I think it's impossible to, to name a man in the match today, but he was noticeable, wasn't he, in his, in his contribution to the game. The way he snapped into everything, his energy levels all the way through were, yeah. were extraordinary. And this is feeling like a proper comeback for him, isn't it? Because when he got substituted earlier on a couple of games ago, it's like, oh, poor old Nate, not again. Is he going to have another false dawn? But this he's roaring back into this side yeah. he's really taken his opportunity isn't he? I think when you've got a coach who really believes in you and knows what a good player you are and wants to get that player out of you every day in training arm over the shoulder come on Nate you can do that make those runs get fitter you know following it through the sports science if you've got that we all know that we've had teachers like that or bosses who are like that who encourage you and you feel totally different when you come into work when you do your work on the pitch in an actual match and I think that's what's been happening that's been the dynamic and, uh, and we as a football club and as fans are going to get the benefit of that he looked like a future captain of the club today I thought he, he commanded the uh, central part of midfield they made a double change as Kelly said and it, it didn't seem to phase him he, he, he seemed to be able to keep going uh, and so could Kapu. and I mean it's amazing to see the, the kind of fitness levels I don't know what the hell they're doing mm. between Monday and Thursday but they look really fit we kept going and um, confidence and belief I think yeah, plays into that I, as well doesn't I, it yeah but let's so I think you're right I think the midfield we overran them in the midfield and, that, and we we basically broke them didn't we they yeah. had nothing left to give and the, the game became very open let's take a step back towards the, the defence I think this is for a long first time in a long time Ben Foster hasn't had to keep us in the game no wonder saves required from Super Ben to, today but the rest of the guys did did well Dawson looked composed Mariapa and, and Cathcart looked good as well but another word I think for someone who's taken their opportunity Adam Messina back there yeah. looking looking pretty pretty composed looking every bit the Premier League defender yeah he, he doesn't have quite the same charisma and presence on the pitch as Jose Holobas but what he is is he's a very good defender he he, he, he tracks his man well he reads the game well he, he wins the ball without having to put in last ditch tackles he never goes on in, on, in, in, on the ground with his feet in the air looking to get himself sent off when a player's passed him he always seems to be in control of his body and in control of his movement and when he does get forward he can he can chip the ball along the line to Delafeo and he did it a few times today right in front of us I, I think he's again and he's a player that's growing in, into being a Premier League football. And we, we, we expect players to turn up, not play for six months, then get picked and then like prove that they're... And of course, that's not how it goes. Players, some players take a whole season to acclimatise, not just to the country and the language and the weather and all that, but actually to the football itself. It's so different from football that gets played in Spain or Italy or wherever. So it was good to see him, him coming through. But we have to talk, I think, next. We have to talk about the skipper. <laughs> because I thought he was imperious today. It was a classic Dini performance. And uh, when he got his, his goal, I, I don't think I've ever seen him hit a ball as hard as that. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah, and it, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, a lot, uh, there's a lot of words spoken, a lot of column inches uh, written about Troy Dini. We all talk about his, his importance. He doesn't, it's not always that easy to see. It's not, but today just the work rate, the way he sort of corralled the troops, rallied the troops, made sure that he got back. I think what, there was one telling moment when the ball went out, mm. there was either an offside or a goal kick. Everyone else was on their, on their backside recovering after a lung bursting. Dini was the first one up, back, dragging everyone back into shape, making sure that there wasn't going to be space. Um, and that was him from, from start to finish. And I think you're right, Colin. I think the fitness levels that these guys are displaying, and it helps when you're winning. It helps when you're 2-0, 3-0 up away from home and you've got all the away fans singing. And it helps when you're on the back of a, a good run of form. But they've done that. They've earned the right to feel confident because they're looking like a completely different team. And I think we've got key performers 
hitting form at exactly the right time, whereas previously we had key performance. We weren't getting enough out of them. Troy wasn't in the side. He was injured. He's taken a little while back to come back up to speed. But, yeah, I think the captain was... Again, captain in the in the truest sense of the word today, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he really, really was. And I thought I thought the game management was good, not just from the bench, because I, I thought bringing Queener on when they brought they brought Queener on after about seventy eight minutes, something like that. You bring a young lad on like that who who has got lots of energy, lots of pace, and he was able to pick up where the, p- the players were tiring ever so slightly. He was able to get in and, and close down space and get the ball and, and then when he's got the ball he wants to run with the ball he wants to look forward and pass it forward and they were playing two at the back by then and so they were wide open uh, and eventually of course that, that told um, with a goal from another substitute uh, Roberto Pereira who has been obviously slightly in the news lately but uh, the whole team it was nice to see the whole team celebrate with him they all kind of made a, like a massive bundle on top yeah. of Roberto Pereira he's alright but it's just that thing of we love you and we want you to be here and you know we want you to play your part so it felt very unified and uh, at the end, when we were all singing and cheering, Chalabar came over and did a kind of clop, uh, fist punch. Um, and, and that, again, was nice Nice to see that he feels that connection with the fans. He's not trying to, he's not embarrassed by his performance or worried that the fans don't like He's like, I know, I know you like me. I'm here. I've given you everything I could today. And so it, we saw that everywhere, all over the pitch. And it's very exciting. And um, we've got to go up to Tranmere on Tuesday. Yeah, well, and let's, let's talk about Tranmere. And I think what was nice about that Chalabar moment at the end there, those, those, uh, those fist pumps, he was joined for the, for the last one. By, by Nigel Pearson they were both in perfect synchronicity <laughs> for that final emphatic punch of the air and then they disappeared off down the tunnel celebrating a, a terrific win let's touch on Tranmere very quickly then Colin um, we'd like to keep the momentum going I think but we also need to protect these players we're back in action against Tottenham Hotspur early kickoff. Um, so we played on Sunday then we've got another early kickoff. how are you feeling about Tranmere I know you're going um, I know. same team again from, from last Saturday perhaps I must be absolutely mad <laughs> I'm meeting some friends in Weatherspoons in Ricky at 10am I'm not going to get home until about 4 but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm, I was excited that we got a replay. I wanted to see some of those young players again. I know people say, oh, no one wants a replay, but I'm not sure Nigel Pearson feels that way. And I, I've said this before. I think that he, he'll be excited to get up there, to get um, Deli Bashiru and Spencer Adams and maybe change that front three, maybe maybe blood a, a couple more youngsters, but keep the, the defence nice and experienced, nice and tight. Probably see Mariapa and, and Cavaselli because he's back from his, and maybe even Dawson. So it'll be interesting to see how he blends the side. But one person I don't think we will see on Tuesday night is Nathaniel Chalabar, which is a shame in a way, but he's, he's absolutely you know, done gut-bursting work all afternoon, and I don't suppose he'll be ready. But you know, I'm looking forward to it, and we do want to keep momentum going. It is a tough game, but it, you know, it's, it's good for these lads to go up there and play against men, play men's football, yeah. which they don't get an opportunity to do very often. And then after that, we've, we've got Spurs at home. And I, I, at the moment, the way I'm feeling, I don't see why we shouldn't think of that game as a, as a potential point-gaining Absolutely right, and, and I, I make you right. I don't think the extra game at Tranmere is an issue at all. This is a this is a team. This is a club again that is united, and they'll all be looking. You know, Troy will be wanting. You know, he's the captain. He's always there when they're not playing, cheering them on. They, they'll be looking after, looking to those guys to go and state their claim, pushing them on to to go and perform well and keep the momentum going. So hopefully we get the result and up there at Tranmere. It will be difficult, I think. It'll be a, a pretty busy Prenton Park. They'll they'll be up for it. They're struggling at the at the wrong end of League One, so they'll be they'll be looking to uh, to relax a little bit and enjoy themselves. But and and, and Colin, I mean, you're absolutely right about Tot- Tottenham. They come to Watford. It's one of those early kickoffs. Funny things happen in those games. Tottenham are far miles away from the the heights that they hit in the Champions League last year. Um, already, there's a few sort of dissenting voices amongst the Spurs fans again about Jose Mourinho. So they won't be. Um, They'll be sat in front of their TVs this afternoon watching that performance from Watford, watching Chalabar thunder into tackles. Etienne Capoue will have something to prove again against against Tottenham. Troy Deeney, as we know, it will, you know, it's just... 
it's set up for Watford, isn't it? And the great thing about picking up points where we're supposed to, which is here um, against Villa at home, is that now we can go into that game with confidence without it being that suffocating horror show of walking a tightrope. If we don't get three points, we're, we're back amongst the dead men. So Watford have done an incredible job here down on the south coast. I don't think you'll find anyone, uh, Bournemouth fan, neutral or Watford fan, arguing that they thoroughly deserved their thumping 3-0 win. Troubling times for, for Bournemouth, definitely, and, and you do fear for them. Terrible, isn't it, Colm? Terrible. It's awful, it's yeah. awful. To be fair, I'd be gutted if they went down and we stayed up because I love coming here. I love the rivalry. I love it when they come to Vicarage Road. But but, uh, in all honesty, as as a a non-Bournemouth fan, they, they did... After the second goal went in, they just seemed to sort of slightly die. They did, the they did, but I think I think that's more down to, to Watford taking the game game away from them. They were like a they were like a hunting, well trained hunting dog. Watford, yeah. they just uh, they they stood, they sorted out their prey and, and didn't let it es- escape. So. Yeah, the season is up and running at long last. Um, we're out of the bottom three, yeah. uh, which is which is great news. Long may it continue. So back in the car, just about uh, to set sail, back for uh, leafy Buckinghamshire. Still grinning from ear to ear, but it feels only right that we should try and get in touch with Mum again, just to see how she copes. She'd have been watching that on the on the TV at home, so I'm just going to try and use our Bluetooth to phone Mum, see how she got on. Let's see, uh, let's see what happens. Nice ringing. Mum is. Brilliant. <laughs> Flying high with you. Uh, so, is it fair to say you've enjoyed your afternoon, Mum? Oh, fabulous. Fabulous. I've got my tinny on, I've got the candles lit. I do that every week when they're playing. Absolutely delighted. So, gin and tonic, big gin and tonic at the side. Keep the blood pressure down. Fabulous. So is that we what every is that what we get? Really well. Is that what, what we're going to need every every week from now on? Apron on. Yes, it doesn't matter if I'm going to a friend's house. I'll take the candles and my pinny. <laughs> Everything has to come with me from now on. And how did it look on telly, Mum? It looks brilliant. Look really good. They were really strong, and um, you know the passing was good, and you know they were so committed. You know, and they were running so hard and, you know, kept going from one end of the pitch. The other, Delabeo, was going up brilliantly. It was fabulous. And, of course, Dean, he does the biz. You know, he gets them all fired up. Um, absolutely brilliant. Really, really good. So who Very would, exciting. Who would be your man of the match, Mum? Um, I think Deanie. Captain. Much. Captain, fantastic. All right, Mum. Well, listen. I'm glad glad you've enjoyed it. Thank you for coming uh, on the podcast. Um, it's tradition to end uh, end podcast with a big "Come on, you horns." So this week we're going to give you that honour. So uh, give us a big "Come on, you horns." That'll be the end of the podcast, and we're on to Tranmere and Tottenham. Come on, you horns.